Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985 Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. So this week we're going to be talking about minute number 37, but before that we have a few things to talk about. First being John Lithgow, BZ himself, was on The Late Show with James Corden um, on the night of December 2nd, 2020. And James Corden, being from the UK, brought up John Lithgow's role in Santa Claus the movie. And, you know, he's still not very keen on the movie, unfortunately. Yeah, we have a a little clip here from what he says, but... uh... I think it it cements the fact that we will probably never get him to be able to be on our podcast. You starred in Santa Claus, the movie with the the late, great Dudley Moore, who I I adore. Now, you've said this is the worst movie you've ever done. Why why is that? Why why so bad? Because it's a huge hit at home. uh, Yeah, people barely know about it over here, but I have found that in England... It's a beloved sort of seasonal favorite. It's their version of It's a Wonderful Life. I, I, you know, in my mind, it's a hideous life. <laughs> it's like, uh, but, you know, it, it did give me a friendship with Dudley Moore, oh. that wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah. But Dudley and I sat alone in a screening room at Pinewood Studios when it was all done. And we watched it together and we sort of left the screening room shaking our heads. <laughs> I do believe I remember him using the word career ender. But it was advertised, you know, it was produced by these kind of mad Hungarians, the Salkins. Yes. There's like three generations of uh, Euro trash movie makers. Uh, and they, uh, even while we were making it, they advertised it as the most expensive film ever made, which is a red flag. Yes. And you start bragging about that. Yes. But when I was doing it in London, which, was, of course, that was a lot of fun, uh, I was in the back of a, of a taxi one, one night, and you know how smart taxi drivers in London are. Yeah. They know everything. And this fellow recognized me from something else. He said, well, so what are you going to do in London? I said, I'm doing a film. Oh, what's that? Uh, this movie, Santa Claus. Oh, where are you doing? Pinewood. Who's producing it? I said, oh, the Salkins. And he said, the Salkins? I hope you got your money, mate. <laughs> and I thought, oh, boy. Yeah, that's the first time I had heard some of those stories, like Dudley's reaction to watching the film in the screening room. Yeah, that was interesting. It was a little sad to hear, you know. I I thought maybe Dudley Moore would have a better thought on it than John, but I guess not. Oh, well. What can you do? And I guess now we definitively know that the pronunciation is the Sulkins. Right. I'm going to take John Lithgow's word for it. Yeah, we're good. Whatever he says is true. Yep. It sounds like they definitely had a reputation. Yes, it does, it does. <laughs> so we do have a couple of loose ends to tie up from our previous episode, things that we forgot to mention or discovered in the meantime. First, Ben has a little bit of the backstory of one of our favorite characters of the movie, Tabby the Cat, Sarah <laughs> Foster's pet cat. Ben well, has made a discovery in the comic book. I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, I, I was looking at the comic book and I noticed, I don't... It's not like a huge backstory, but um, <laughs> it appears in the comic book that 
Tabby was actually Sarah's gift from Santa. So, because there's a square here, which I'll put on the website and hopefully in a timely manner this week. And it says, uh, there's like a little boy and a little girl. And the boy says, look, I got the top I wanted from Santa. And there's a little girl that says, and I got the pet. And she's holding a little cat. And then the next frame is a girl that looks exactly like the other one and is writing, Dear Santa, I don't want any present from you this year. I just ask my brother to stop being cruel to my tabby. And Santa is reading that letter while he is flying in the night sky uh, as opposed to in his house like we show in the movie. Then it goes to them being in the house and kind of goes along with the movie and the book about how they're talking about only good kids get presents. So, so it appears that the cat was actually the gift from Santa for Sarah. So there we go. And also last week I was talking at length, as you may recall, Ben, Mm -hmm. of the Christmas song, Santa Claus is coming to town because Santa said he'd be checking the list twice. Right. I failed to mention that on the teaser poster to the movie, they used the uh, the tagline was, guess who's coming to town? It was on that poster. It looks like Santa's sleigh is like taking off on a airport oh. runway. Do you remember uh-huh. that poster? Uh, vaguely, yeah. That artwork was done by an artist named Bob Peak. He also did the artwork to the poster that's hanging behind you, the giant Santa face oh, with yeah. Easy and Patch underneath it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he did the artwork to the video cover, though where all three of them are in the sleigh. I don't know who did that artwork, but I can definitely confirm Bob Peake did the artwork for the teaser poster and the theatrical poster. Wow. That's pretty cool. I actually really like our poster, the one that we have, even though he doesn't look really like the same Santa, but I can't blame the artist for that because don't know if he was supposed to make him look like (laughs) the actor that played Santa or not. And my final loose end for the week, well, it's not really a loose end. It actually ties in a bit to the beginning of this minute because we do see Donner for a couple seconds still looking up at Santa as he's going down that chimney. Right. And in the past, we had mentioned how the full-size animatronic Donner still exists and was sold at auction a few years ago. But now we know where animatronic Donner is. There is a place in Medina, Ohio called Castle Noel. They call themselves America's largest Christmas entertainment attraction. It is run by a gentleman named Mark Claus, and he has a massive museum of Christmas memorabilia, which includes many props from classic Christmas movies. He has the RV from Christmas Vacation. There's stuff from the Santa Claus and the Grinch. But apparently he was the one who bought the animatronic Donner and fixed him up. He moves again. Like, we want to get to Ohio and see Donner. I'm glad he still exists. Yeah, someday we'll get over there and we'll see Donner. (laughs) If you want to catch a glimpse of him, there is a vlog by a uh, vlogger that we follow on YouTube, Jacob the Carpetbagger. Just search, like, Carpetbagger Castle Noel and it should show up. Mm -hmm. And another prop that we have covered in the movie already that is also on display there is a part of Burgess Meredith's beard. Mm Mm-hmm. 
the ancient elf's beard. Not the whole part, but just part of the ancient <laughs> elf's beard. And going back to that vlog for a second, when I watched it with Ben, Ben thought the tour guide said that it was from Burgess Meredith's character, Bobby Winter. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting name. <laughs> She actually said Father Winter, which is also wrong. Right. <laughs> Confusing Father Time and Father Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and there's another prop on display, but we will get to that much later in the movie. Yes. Okay, so anyway, like I said, the minute opens, minute 37 opens with Donner still looking up at Santa because Santa just poofed down the chimney. I guess that's what I'm going to refer to it as, as from now on, as poofing. Yeah, he poofs into a magical stardust poof santa is now in a living room and it definitely looks more modern there's an electric lamp in the foreground and the decor seems to place it in the victorian era <laughs> you can tell yeah. from the knickknacks and the picture frames around that this isn't like a modern modern house but we're going we're getting there we're getting there mm -hmm. and santa is taking maybe his first cookie I don't know if it's his first cookie, but it is a cookie. I think it just leads up to what is coming next. But before we leave this um, living room, I just wanted to point out, you can see that they are still using the same wrapping paper that they've been using all these years because the presents under the tree, there are a couple of them that are in the green and the gold stardust wrapping paper right behind Santa Claus. I never noticed that. I, I appreciate that. Uh, attention to detail so you can see that uh, they're still using the same one and while this is happening we're hearing another verse of our favorite song thank you santa i have the lyrics right in front of me let's see if you can decipher it this week something about lets me know you're near We want to thank you, Santa. And then it fades away as they're saying thank you, Santa, again. But I don't know if I'm correct. So these are the official lyrics. It's thank you, Santa. Thank you, Santa. When it snows, we know you're near. Okay, that's what I thought they were saying, but it didn't make any sense in my brain. So, okay. And then it goes on to say, we want to thank you, Santa. Thank you, Santa. And that's all we get in this minute. And okay. I think that might be the last we hear of the song until the end credits, but I could be wrong. I, could I don't be really wrong. like I don't really like that that line when it snows we know you're near line because how many places does Santa visit that it does not snow ever? You know, I mean I don't really like that line. It's a little misleading. Okay, because Santa goes places where they do not get snow as well. 1985 Henry Mancini, we have a... You are not need, very we need, inclusive. We need a word with you. <laughs> so, like we said, t Santa takes a cookie from a platter on the mantle. If you listen closely, I never noticed this, I don't think, until I was listening to headphones to this minute. You can hear Santa saying, well, here we go again before okay. he poofs back up the chimney. Listen to it very closely. Yeah, yeah. The sound kind of, the uh, excuse me, the song kind of drowns him out, but you can hear him saying that. 
Yeah, you can. I guess, like, here we go again as in through the chimney because he has shown his distaste for needing to go through a chimney even though he just poofs, but... You know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna go over that again. We've already aired our grievances about why he complains about it, so we'll move on. But, but thanks um, to us and the book, you know, now you have a context on why Santa's saying, "Well, here we go again." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we are officially in the 19th century now. Right? Yep, the hourglass returns now, saying we are in the 19th century. So now we are somewhere between January 1st, 1801, and. Uh, 1900 somewhere so uh (laughs) so this is a really cool transition where santa like turns the sleigh and you see like it do a full turn but it's also a scene transition yeah where we see the north pole set we're back in the north pole where anya is walking in with a like a mug of something but i really do love that transition i do too and Dooley is reading Anya walks over to see what's going on. We see Dooley is reading to a group of elves that includes there's Groot, Gooba, Goobler, Honka, Boog, Vout, and returning after being absent for the past two minutes, it's Pat. He's back. So it looks like Anya is actually carrying a mortar and pestle. So she must have been grinding herbs for Groot when they started talking about this and she had to join them. Speaking of Groot, he is all over this movie. I thought he was going to be gone, but maybe it's because he wasn't in his chef uniform. It didn't, I didn't click with me that he's in so much of the movie. Yeah. He's like one of the main elves. Yeah, and you would, you would think that you would, he would have to be near that cauldron a lot more than it appears he is. You know, with that many elves, you'd think he would need to be making food 24-7, but he's always out and about. Maybe he... Maybe he's a good um, he's a good delegator of roles, you know, so he can be out hanging out with the clauses. <laughs> so there are other elves looking on in the background as Dooley is reading. We'll get to what he's reading in just a moment. But whatever he's reading, Santa is very proud. He is like all puffed up, very proud. Like, oh, yeah. So Anya asks. What is it? It's a poem. A poem about me. They say it's a big hit. So, of course, the poem Dooley is reading is The Night Before Christmas, or as it was originally published as under the title A Visit from St. Nicholas, originally published anonymously in 1823, and later it was attributed to Clement Moore. No relation to Dudley, as far as I know. I think it's a different <laughs> different Moore. Because Clement Moore claimed authorship in 1837. And if you want to fall down an interesting rabbit hole on Wikipedia, check out the authorship controversy of The Night Before Christmas or A Visit from St. Nicholas, because some people claim Clement Moore did not actually write it. He just uh, kind of stole, stole it. it, stole the credit, maybe. <laughs> but this part of the movie does open up a can of worms here. Because that poem, like I said, was called A Visit from St. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And, of course, St. Nicholas was the 4th century Christian saint. And this poem is filled with references, you know, jolly old St. Nick and everything. Mm-hmm. So how does this fit into context of the movie? I guess the poem isn't really about Claus the woodcarver who flies all over the world. Well, I guess maybe this, well, this is like a traditional Santa poem, right? 
yes. for for most of us at this point in time. And maybe they're just pointing out how they have that he has different names in different areas of the world. You know, it's it's not like people know who he is. I guess that's you know, fair enough. Yeah, it, he's just he's growing out of legend because you know I'm sure that people see him here or there, and then he just kind of has grown into this mythical person that I'm sure since communication isn't as free as it is today, everybody had their own name for him. So I don't think you can really, really um, call that a plot hole in the movie when that long ago, it's not like they were sending letters across the whole entire world being like, Hey, what do you call the guy that leaves the, presents for the kids in the morning you know what i mean but what made me uh, think of that is in the christmas chronicles the kurt douglas movie on netflix they actually do connect it to saint nicholas mm-hmm. but here they wanted more uh, like a universal santa right. claus origin story mm-hmm. so he could be just you know santa from the very beginning right now this next detail is another one i didn't notice until paying close attention to the minute this is why i love doing this podcast <laughs> Um, the poem The Night Before Christmas was first published, like I said, anonymously, but it was first published in the Troy, New York Sentinel on December 23rd, 1823. And check out what Dooley is reading at first, and probably always, I just assumed it was like a scroll. In the close-up, you can see it is a newspaper that he is reading from. Oh, it is a newspaper! You're right, it is. So, it, the... So now that you've pointed at, well, I mean, it's got to take a while for a newspaper to get to the North Pole from New York, right? So you don't think he's actually holding the December 23rd edition of the Troy New York Sentinel on December 23rd, 1823? I mean, I suppose <laughs> the North Wind could have magically blown a copy it, of the paper off to the North Pole. It could have. Like, and the timeline. Yeah. And Santa, the timeline is this. right. The timeline is right. You yes, know, it is in the 19th. 19- yeah. Uh, is correct. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I always thought that was just a scroll as well. Like, but you could clearly tell that is a newspaper. But I always just thought that it was one of his scrolls that he's always carrying around. So Dooley is reading the poem and says He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. What? And Santa starts to get offended. This scene actually was trimmed down a little bit. I yes, can't remember if it's in the deleted scene on the Blu-ray or if it's in the making of special. But Santa also got offended at the line, a little broad face. He was like, broad face? What does that mean? That's in the book. That part is in the book as well. But in the movie, it just cuts it to him getting more offended at the line. Even asked Dooley to read it again. He had a broad face. Yes. And a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl. I love this look. Anya like looks at the camera like, oh <laughs> snap, it's he's gonna get mad. <laughs> so you see this glance at the camera, she's like, oh boy. <laughs> well, this really I think this face of Anya's really ties in what she's been thinking for a little bit about how he's kind of overindulging 
And he's getting a little bit rounder because um, in the book, it said last week I had mentioned how Anya was getting distracted by Santa's weight gain. You know, when he was talking about having to go through the chimneys and sometimes windows to get into houses. And she was getting a little distracted by his buttons getting pulled by his clothes. Well, uh, in the book, this is the next day. And in the book, it says that fate sought fit to take the matter out of her hands because the poem arrived. And then in the book, Claus is talking about the broad face because as you mentioned that this was a little longer and then they trimmed it down Dooley, he had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly and santa froze the smile and all color disappearing from his face what was that he gasped in disbelief feeling suddenly utterly mortified pardon Dooley glanced up absently ab absently what was that last part? Santa asked again, his voice barely functional. Dooley looked at the page and read unsuspectingly. He had a broad face. Broad. A broad face, Santa huffed, his face turning red with indignation now. He turned to Anya, frowning. Do I have a broad face? Anya looked down, twisting the hem of her apron self-consciously. Well, your particular bone structure, darling... She glanced up at him again, her own cheeks reddening with the awkwardness of the moment. And then Santa turned back to Dooley. Yes, yes, go on, he said gruffly. He waved a hand. So Dooley continues reading, and our minute ends as Dooley says... Like a bowl. But you can also see Groot and Gooba, like, also looking nervously over Dooley's shoulder as he's slowly reading this. And this is the most mad I think we've ever seen Santa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has quite the look on his face, like, excuse me? <laughs> well, we'll have to see how this plays out next week. Mm -hmm. But before we go, should we read the nice uh, message we got over Facebook from a oh, listener? Oh, we should. Yes, go right ahead. That was a very nice message. So I'm glad that more and more people are starting to discover our little podcast. I am too. I am so happy that people seem to be enjoying us going through the movie. And I like sharing one of our favorite movies with everyone. It's great. And one of John Lithgow's least favorite movies. <laughs> well, you know, the man can't be perfect. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he has a pretty high bar. He you know, does. Uh, you know, he's pretty talented. He has a lot of hits. So so here we go. I just pulled up our message from Flix in merry old England. So thanks for writing in, Flix. And here is what he wrote to us. Ben, we'll have to get some nice, sweet Henry Mancini music going. Ah, there it is. Here we go. Hi, guys. I wanted to let you know that I've just started listening to your podcast and think it's amazing that you're dedicating it to Santa Claus the movie. I thought you might like to hear my story of how I came to discover and love the film. When it came out in 1985, I was only one, so obviously too young to see it in the cinema. But around 1988, it was aired on British TV, so I would have been four years old and I remember it was Christmas Eve. My mom and I had been to town to do some last minute Christmas shopping, and as a treat, I was brought to McDonald's. 
and on the way back in the car, my mom told me what the plans were for the rest of the evening, which included getting settled down in my pajamas so we could watch a film called Santa Claus the Movie. I remember that night standing by the screen, captivated by this movie. I was hooked, even obsessed. We recorded it to VHS and I would watch it all year round. A few years later, we were asked at school to create stick puppets in class, so I made a Santa with sleigh and reindeer and also created a backdrop which was based on the snowy landscape of the North Pole. It had always been one of my favorite Christmas movies, and when I think of Santa Claus, I always picture David Huddleston. Jump forward to Christmas 2018, and I am now a father, and my eldest son, then two years old, really started to understand Christmas and the concept of Santa Claus. So on Christmas Eve, as I had all those years ago, we settled down and watched Santa Claus the movie. He loved it. I loved it even more experiencing it through his eyes. My son was so excited by it, and that scene when we see the beautiful reindeer speedily pull the sleigh and Santa takes off for the first time, that had my son cheering and me in tears in my eyes. That damn music gets me every time. I didn't think this movie could be more magical, but sharing it with my children has made it extra special. It's now our tradition to watch it every Christmas Eve. Just thought I'd like to share. Looking forward to hearing the rest of your series. Well, thank you very much, Flix. Wasn't that a sweet message? It is, and it's so nice to hear about parents who are sharing it with their kids, and it's starting to be part of their... (laughs) their you know their traditions because our son thinks it's the longest movie ever and wants to know when it's ending but it's so nice to hear about other kids who are enjoying it so well, maybe if you keep forcing him to watch it year <laughs> after year it might it may not have anything to do with the movie it may be just that we talk about it all the time and he's tired of hearing about it <laughs> that's possible <laughs> So anyway, if you would like to send us a message on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're at Santa Minute, or you can send us an email. It's SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And check Mm -hmm. out our Instagram. We're posting some pretty neat Santa Claus the Movie memorabilia from our somewhat extensive archive collection. (laughs) That we're slowly growing. And don't forget, we post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday, and you can listen to any one of our episodes. Hot cream! 